And when we, uh, Brother Rogers, when we get to the uh, end of the service, I'm going to have them sing that again, but I'd like the PowerPoint up when they do that. Uh, Acts chapter 1, look at uh, verse 10. Acts chapter 1, verse 10. Let me turn to it here. It says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up to the heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. We're going to... Uh, uh, look at a very unique thing. The, the title of this this morning is Every Mountain Must Have Its Valley. Every Mountain Must Have Its Valley. And I asked them to sing that, that song. They'll do it again uh, at the end. But, uh, but we're going to just talk about uh, this issue because the truth is, this is one, you know, there's some things that we preach about. And, and I preach, when I know, when I preach it, I know that I'm preaching it because God wanted me to hear it myself. There's some things I preach about because I think the Lord says, you know, there's some people maybe that are struggling with uh, certain issues or certain hurts or certain problems in their life. And so it applies to some, but maybe it doesn't apply to all. It's kind of like uh, when we, you know, you preach on uh, family, preach or teach on family, and maybe somebody's family's all grown and gone and they're all alone and they think, well, you know, how good's that for me? Or you preach on marriage and, and you know, they, they're not married or uh, their spouse is gone. And so, you know, they feel like, okay, that doesn't, you know, it really doesn't apply. This message this morning applies to everybody in the room. It applies to everybody. Uh, and so I'm going to ask the Lord just to bless us and help us here this morning. Father, I pray that you would bless this morning. Spirit of God, I, I ask you to guide my mind, my thoughts. Lord, I ask you to please help me with everything that I say and do. I yield myself to thee, and I ask you, please, Lord, please guide my, my, my every word. Lord, I pray that I be a help and a blessing to someone, please, from your word. And Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee, and I ask you to, Father, in the name of Jesus, wrap your arms around us and, and just be a mighty hedge of protection. Turn back every evil that would try to snatch away the truth here tonight or try to interfere with what goes on here. Please, Lord, bless all that we do. I beg you in Jesus' name. Amen. So you see, in this passage of Scripture, uh, you know, a lot of things have, have gone on leading up to this. And uh, we get to the book of Acts, and a lot of amazing things are, are about to happen. A lot of things have happened. Uh, see, uh, these disciples, their hearts are in tune with the Lord, seeking the will of the Lord. And, and, and they're, honestly, I believe they're, they're excited. They, they had just left, he had, had just left him, left them, but, uh, but they, you know, if you can imagine, they'd seen the risen Lord. 
I mean, this, is, uh, this had to be something incredible to them. Uh, they had heard about it. They'd walked with him. They'd been with him. But now they had seen him, and they'd spent some time with him, and they conversed with him, and, and, and now they've, they've seen him to ascend into heaven. Uh, this had to be a great time where their hearts had to be incredibly full. This is a, this is a, a, a mountain peak type of moment for them to be able to see the risen Lord, to be able to, to speak with him, to talk with him, to see, to see him, him ascend into heaven. Uh, that had to be just an incredible, incredible time. This had to be a great time where their hearts must have been so full. Now, if you go to chapter 2, look at chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to travel through several scriptures here in about four chapters, but, but just taking bits and pieces. But chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all, uh, with, <clears throat> I can't read this morning, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as uh, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So now they've gone from this moment where they, they've seen him risen, they've spoken to him, they see him ascend into heaven. Uh, they, they, they're not, you know, like us, we by faith uh, have to believe in the Lord. They, they saw this risen Savior. And, and so now they come to chapter 2, and it's not going, you know, we're, not, we're, we're on a mountaintop already, but the mountaintop's going to go higher. I uh, one time went went snow skiing. Uh, I believe it was in Montana, and uh, and, and you know I kind of an average snow skier, and 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 I I went up to the uh, the lift went up, and it went up to what to call a, a black diamond. Uh, you know, which, which is supposed to be supposed to be the most difficult that they have. And so uh, I went up there, and, and when you got up there, there was another lift. And I looked at it, and I thought, my goodness, we're all the way up top of the mountain, I thought. But there's another lift going up the mountain. So I said to the guys I was with, well, let's take that one see what's up there. Uh, Y'all ever heard of a double black diamond? Uh, you know, I, I, I got up there, and I realized this should have been skull and crossbones. Uh, because we got up there. First of all, it's incredibly difficult to get back down just to get down to where the first lift ended. Uh, and because the mountain just kept going up there, you couldn't see it because it was snowing and foggy with the snow. And, and what I didn't realize also is that you can't see the ski either. Uh, because it was so foggy. We're in a cloud, basically. You're up so high, you're in a cloud. And so you're trying to ski, but you can't, you can't see anything. And literally, I'd get to spots where I would stop and try to rest, and I could not figure out which way was down. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I would start inching around my skis until I'd start to slide. And when I started to slide, I realized, that's down. <laughs> you know, that must be down. And I would take off, and all of a sudden you would hit a dip or hit a bump, and you'd never see it coming. It was torment, folks. It was torment. The worst part about it, it was my idea to go up there. One guy, finally, we got about almost down, and he came skiing by me. He kept yelling at me. I couldn't hear what he was yelling, but he came skiing by me and hit me with his pole. He was like, man, thank you for bringing us up here. I said, I didn't make you come. You were stupid. So, uh, but, you know, the... But here's what they're doing. They're on a mountaintop, but they're about to go higher. 
Because now it, it says in the scripture, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Man, I mean, God's about to do something. Uh, the power of God came, and those full hearts must now have been about to bust. Because with, they have this thrill of being in the presence of the amazing power of God. Now these disciples began to speak to the people. And in chapter 2 verse 14, look at chapter 2 verse 14. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. He said, now, they've gone up to a mountaintop. They've gone even higher on the mountaintop. And now they're going to go into a a mountaintop of, of, of seeing people accept Christ. Now, this is, this is, I don't know about you, but there's nothing to me that's even that's more exciting than seeing God move and many people getting saved. That that I, I was in the Philippines and and they asked me to preach on a Sunday morning. I was preaching in a conference and and uh, and, and that conference uh, they didn't tell me this in advance, but but uh, they were having a little special promotion. They were giving out a cupcake. For everybody that came, and that morning, <clears throat> they took me to the top of a three-story building. Is it was not that high, but it's the highest building there. And I went to the top of that, and I began to watch as thousands of people were coming in. They were coming in on those jeepneys, and they were just, you know, it was like 15 or 16 hanging everywhere. They were coming in, uh, you know, all over these these the little motorcycle taxi things and all this kind of thing. They were coming in walking. They I, I, they pointed to the left, and they and they had literally, you could see off in the distance, they had shut down the interstate, and they were marching in six abreast, 6,000 military men for the service. I stood up there and I fell to my knees and started crying because I was going to be preaching. I thought, God, there's, I'm scared to death. And that day as I got through preaching, they, they took off in, in pockets of, of, of 8 and 10 and 15 people. They would take them off into little groups and that, that night, almost 6,000 people got saved. You see the gospel, look at chapter 2, verse 37. It says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that that gladly received the word, were baptized. In the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What an incredible moment. They're just, 
it seems like every time they get to the mountaintop, they're climbing a little higher. In chapter 3, if you go to chapter 3 and just begin to look at it, chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them listen then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God this is an endless trail going up now they seen Jesus do this but now God is using them to see people saved and see people healed. I can't even imagine what's going on in their hearts and minds right now. Peter and all those with him must have been in a high of highs. They, they've seen the risen Savior ascend into heaven. They have prayed and the power of God had come. They preached and thousands trusted in Christ. They were used to see a lame man heal. They had crowds coming to them so that they could preach the gospel to them. After the lame man's healed, now people flock to him even more. Let me ask you, how would your heart be right now if you're a part of this? I believe, honestly, mine would be about to explode. I really, I just, I can't, I can't even imagine the, the things that I've been involved in where it just felt like I, I was overwhelmed. I can't imagine being in this situation where, where you've already seen 3,000 added to the church and you've seen a man healed and, and now they're going to preach and uh, again because a great crowd gathers. We'll mention that in a minute, but, but it, it says this time, and people don't mention much about it, but it's 5,000, and watch, it says men. That's like when they fed the loaves and fishes, it said men. Do you understand? That means 5,000 men. It doesn't even speak about the women and children. This is, this is amazing. Now, how does this apply to us? I believe we of Calvary had the privilege of experiencing a wonderful, uplifting time last week. It was a mountaintop. I believe we were, honestly, I believe I was blessed beyond measure. There were several times during those several days that I, I, I'll be honest with you, my heart would fill to the point that I just, I, I just hardly could contain it. I, and all I could keep saying is, is I'm just so excited about this conference. I'm just so excited about this conference. I was just being blessed over and over. We heard wonderful, powerful, spirit-filled sermons. We enjoyed wonderful fellowship. These, these missionaries were so humble, so sweet, so kind. We finished off the week with a great crowd who were all in for the, for the service. Uh, and I told somebody this morning, last week we were all in. This week we're all out. 
Said, he said, man, I went to church enough last week. It's going to make up for about the next month, I guess. But we had a, an incredible Sunday service. We really did. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't normally get the count uh, because I just, you know, they take account. I don't, but somebody told me that we had 97 in our service right here, sitting here. That's pretty much adults uh, right here. I don't know what we had with the, the bus kids. Just to tell you today, we had right at 70 for the bus kids. That's amazing. Uh, and I heard that because the two buses came in crying. And uh, no. But, you know, we, and, and, and to top it all off, we had this all-in service, and then Sunday night, I'll be honest with you, I, I was still, I was, my heart was just so full, and we got to hear from the Browns in Ghana, and got to, to speak with them as they talked to us, and such an exciting thing, and then got to, to, to put our hands on Brother Roy, and, and pray for him and the family that to, uh, taken off to, the, to Romania, uh, there was laughter, there was tears, there were shouts of joy when the young people came up here and gathered and sang. I, I thought I'd lose my mind. I really did. I just was about to explode. I don't know about you, but I love the mountaintop. I really do. I love the mountaintop. But every mountaintop must have its valley. I want you to go to Acts chapter 4 verse 1. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. As they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through, Je uh, through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. You know, folks, terminology here they got arrested now if you know this day and time they were not gentle about it this is this is such a you know what what makes really a a valley seem so low it's when you've been so high on the mountaintop and so when the valley comes, now, if you can imagine again, if you could imagine that they'd, they'd climbed up, and then they'd gone higher, and then they'd gone higher, and then they'd gone higher, and they didn't walk the steps down, they crashed. They were arrested. Now, we today, thankfully, are not being arrested at least not now. So the enemy comes in other ways. He still comes. The enemy still comes to discourage us. And, and the truth is, this is all that's happening here. Satan is coming to discourage these men. He's coming. Uh, they don't, they, you know, there's no reference here of, uh, of how severely they're beaten or anything else. But <coughs> the Satan has come to these men to bring discouragement uh, to them. If he can get them to quit right now, then, then this is a good thing for Satan. You see, we we had a little. I mean, it's not we, we're not arrested, but you know we go from Sunday all in, Wednesday all snow, <laughs> and every text and everything that I got was I'm not coming. 
I'm not coming. And, and, and you know what the truth is? I'm sending out stuff saying, you know, look, please, please be careful because the truth is, you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt. Brother Felton on the way in spun his car around. We don't teach him how to drive yet, but spun his car around. But <coughs> uh, the hopper, Ms. Hopper, uh, uh, rode me on the way home. I guess some car spun around on the on the bridge on the way back home. You know, uh, it's just I want you to be careful. I want especially old folks, Brother Felton. <laughs> now, but you know, it was such an excitement that we experienced. But then all of a sudden, we were we were ninety seven and. It, we were not 97 Wednesday night. Somebody said, the crowd looked pretty good on the video. I said, yeah, I made everybody sit right there. Now, without a doubt, there have been things in, in many lives that would attempt to deflate what God has done in our lives, even this week. There's other things. We've had, we've had uh, you know, there's been, been honestly a lot this week of uh, what I would call not positives. Uh, there's some, you know, there's been surgeries and there's been treatments and there's been things that are that have gone on, but I believe that that uh, oh, Satan's still out there. He's done things to deflate uh, our our enthusiasm. He's done things to honestly to bring doubt to our decisions. Probably somebody in here made a decision about giving, and and this week you got hit. You know, when I first, uh, you know, we went to, we went to Bible college and we had we had. Learn to tithe. I don't even know how. I don't really remember a message on tithing. I really don't. I, I just, somewhere along the way, we started started giving. Uh, we were a little church out in Cairo, and we just started giving. And, and God was blessing, and, and I never pay much attention to it. But somewhere along the way, I heard somebody talk about, you know, giving, you know, 11% instead of 10%. You increase your giving. So uh, I thought, you know, we'll try that. And I think we were up to 12%. Man, we were, we were doing something, and, and a guy got up and he preached a message on all of your increase, and he started saying, do you understand what all of your increase really means? It's not just your, your net pay, it's your gross pay, and it's not just your gross pay, it's anything that you increase, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, because God was really good to us. I mean, we'd have, we'd have food at the, at the door, and I think... Oh, wow, you know, I mean, how much did that cost? And we were getting free meals uh, at, at the college. Any meal we wanted to go eat, we could go eat at the college. So I thought, you know, how much is that worth, you know, for a family to eat, go eat? And, and, and so I started figuring out, and I thought, oh, my goodness, dear Lord, there's no way that I can do that. I don't make enough money to tithe. And so I said to the Lord, uh, okay, Lord, I'm just going to start giving uh, a certain amount above. It basically, I told God if he was okay with him, I was going to put him on, a, on an installment plan. And so I just started giving a little bit extra, uh, you know, about $20 extra on every one of my, uh, uh, every week when I would get paid, I'd put $20 extra on there. And so I thought, Lord, in time, you know, I don't know how and when, where, but just know I'm doing what I can. Well, that. When I decided to do that, the next month, I got hit with every doctor bill, the insurance or whatever we had. They would not cover unless it was above $300. I had three different doctor visits that were like 286, 296, one of them was 298. It's like, come on, man, just charge me two more bucks. 
And so I went about $1,000 in debt, and I thought, Lord, wait a minute, time out. That ain't the way it's supposed to happen. You know, hey, I give, I become rich. You know, that's not really true, folks. Man, it just, I, I, I started getting discouraged because I was getting bam, 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 bam. I went back to the guy that preached the sermon. I said, uh, hey, we need to talk, man. And here's what he said to me. He looked at me and he said, listen, Bob. He said, uh, if you'll just do, continue on somehow. Continue on doing what you're doing for one year. He said, if God doesn't more than bless you everything. If, if it doesn't, he said, if God doesn't bless you and show you that this was what you were supposed to be doing, he said, I'll go back and repay you everything extra you paid in. Well, that sounded like a no-lose deal, man. No, I told him, I said, no, I, I said, I don't want you to do that. I just want, I don't want to understand. But what I learned was, is the Lord wants sometimes, and some of you may have gotten hit, but the Lord wants to know, is this really something you believe he wants you to do? Or is this just something hit or miss? Is this just something you're thinking, uh, it's emotional, or it's just something you're considering. God says, let me just find out what you really mean. And so he'll test us. This week, an old and dear friend died of a massive heart attack. I, I was so surprised, and I asked, and, and, I, and somehow I didn't see the, the details of it until about 5 o'clock yesterday and realized I, I even, beside everything else, missed the funeral. Brother Allen, Mrs. Allen's daughter-in-law's daddy passed away. This week is the last week for the Thompsons to be here. There's a mountaintop and amongst every valley. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? That's a joke. There's a mountaintop. Never mind. But this week's their last week, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, that's sad. We as a church stepped out in faith to take care of our missionaries and to take care of our home missionary that's helping us and with gyms and God's blessed. And if you've seen again this, the little wall out there, this gyms, but we decided to take on or, you know, to be willing to let me do it, take on uh, Michael and Brooks' family for their, their rent payment. And he probably won't like me saying this, but then a couple of days later, Brother Bob is working on next year's budget. Couldn't you think of something else to do? And he looked at me and he said, um, next year's budget is going to be really tight. I don't know about you, but um, I didn't jump up and go, praise God. I should have, but I didn't. Now, compared to what Peter and John face, this should be nothing, I mean, comparatively. But nonetheless, it's the way that Satan uses to deflate a full heart. It's his way to attack the life of faith by bringing doubt about decisions. Now, just so you, you, know, you relax, Brother Bob will be presenting our budget soon, so don't worry about that. But it's just an illustration of how easily and quickly thrill can turn to doubt. A step of faith gets a punch in the gut to try to bring doubt. Now, are you all awake? Now, since I brought you to the brink of the cliff of despair, amen, 
Let me give you the solution to the downtimes, and I'm going to do this pretty fast, but it's from the Scripture. Number one, number one, get this, please get this. This is, this is from the Scripture, what they did and what we need to do to, to overcome the valleys that must come after a mountaintop. You can't have a mountaintop unless you have a valley. And so, number one, realize that when you're going through the trial, the valleys of life are often our greatest opportunity to let others see Jesus and the power of God in our lives. People don't really see Jesus and see the power of God in our lives when we're on the mountaintop. They see our excitement. Can I tell you, they see who Jesus really is in your life in the valley. Acts 4 forces, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. Do you understand that that happened after, watch this, this is being stated after they've been arrested. They've preached and these people have gathered. They are arrested, but God says, it's okay, 5,000 men still believe. Can I tell you, I believe part of the reason that 5,000 men believed is because they watched some men being taken and watched some men that were not afraid of what was going on. They were glad to do what they had to do for the name of Christ. Today, again, you know, today, we, we, you know, Brother Vince called my wife uh, yesterday or this morning or something and last night and said, uh, of all things, I never have to work. I'm going to have to work. And we're like, okay, what are we going to do for junior church and how are we going to take care of this? But watch this. It was one more of that kind of negative. It was one more, you know, as we'd already had about three or four different families or people that said, one well, can't be there or this has happened or that's happened. And I thought, oh my goodness, uh, who are we going to cover this and cover this and cover this and drive the bus and do all these kind of things? And, and, and watch this. Watch what God will do. 70 on the bus. That's, that's our biggest day that we've had, and, and I don't know how long. Had 70 on the buses. Now, number two, the valley gives you opportunity to present the gospel to those you would not otherwise have had the opportunity. Do you understand? Please take advantage of the valley because in the valley, you're going to meet people, and you have an opportunity, and people will listen to you that would not have listened to you otherwise. And then, uh, number three, the valley gives you an opportunity to stand for Christ in boldness. The valley is when you, you can come up and, 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 look, Acts 4.19 says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Folks, if you're in a valley, if you're going through a battle, if you've had some discouraging things, can I just challenge you? Hand out a track. Tell somebody about Jesus. I'm telling you. Yes, we need to praise God. Yes, we need to, to worship the Lord. But I'm telling you something else. Every time they go in the valley, God does something, gives them an opportunity to witness to the jailer, to witness to people that they would, to witness to leadership and tell them, this is an opportunity God has given you. Don't miss it. Maybe one of the most important things we learn in the valley, the valley drives you to your knees and to see your need for God. 
Acts 4.23 says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of the servant David hath said, Why didst the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ. Christ, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both <coughs> anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Listen to this, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now the Lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. The valley is a time where God... It really, God will use that time to just give you boldness. And then, <clears throat> number five, and the last one, the valley brings us to a point of submission to God's will and God's provision and God's purpose and God's direction. Acts 4.32 says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, of one soul. Neither said any of them that all, uh, of the things which, they, which he possessed was his own, but that had all things common, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The valley is where you really find out whether you want to serve God or not. You know, a lot of people are serving God right now because they, they believe that if they keep serving, keep giving, keep doing, they're, they're going to be miraculously blessed. These men serve God in the valley. These women serve God in the valley. And it's in the valley when you'll find out in your own heart, do you really want to serve God? Do you really want to submit to God? Do you really want to follow God's leading, God's direction? So I say thank God for the mountains in life, but thank God he's still the God of the valley. In the valley, he still ordered my steps. Did you know that? He ordered my steps, and, and it's a wonderful thing when he orders my steps, and I go to my mailbox, and I, and I got a big check somebody sent me, and it's incredible, and, man, I'm excited, and that's a mountaintop. It, it's a mountaintop when, when, when we have a, a room full of people. It's a mountaintop when we have a missions conference like that, and it, it's a wonderful thing. And, and you think, man, God is in charge, and God's ordered my step. Well, it's a, it's God still ordered my steps that take me through the valley. He's still in control. So, I'm just going to end it this way. I'd ask them to do this. Joe Beth, y'all come on back up here. If you put that up on the. <clears throat> Notice what it says. Life is easy. When you're up on the mountain. And you've got peace of mind. Because we're on a mountain. We're not worried about anything. It's wonderful. And we're on the mountain. We're on the mountain top. You know, I learned many, many years ago, I'd, I'd direct the military ministry, and we'd go up, 
and some Saturday, man, those sailors would just start coming out, and it would be, it might be 100. One day we had 138. We had so many that I couldn't fit them on the buses that I had, and so I put all the sailors on the buses and put one worker on each bus, and then I went and bought a U-Haul, rented a U-Haul box truck and put all of about 30 sailor, I mean workers, in the back of that U-Haul box truck and then shut the door on them and said, see you in an hour and a half and got them home. I mean, it was amazing, the mountaintop. I preached one night, had 58 first-time sailors that were there. And, uh, and, and when I got through preaching uh, that night, 55 of those uh, fellas had trusted Christ. 55 had trusted Christ. And, and I, I would ask them to come up, and when, it, when they lined up, the room and they were in, they lined up and they went all the way around the room. They were against the wall all the way around the room. I mean, you talk about a mountaintop. I was about to lose my mind. And then the next morning, believe it or not, all 55 of those boys, by their own decision, every Saturday night, I'd tell them about the next step for God was baptism. I'd tell them, you know, this doesn't help you go to heaven. This is something that you do to, to, to show your love for God, for what he's shown for you. I said, but it's your decision. You got about 12 hours to make that decision, your decision. Nobody's going to coerce you. Nobody's going to force you. It's your decision. The next day, 55 boys got baptized. What a high. What a great day. But you know, God was still in control the day I went up there. And all I, I had about a bus full of sailors. And right before we were time to leave, the security came off the base and told all those sailors they had to unload, they couldn't go with us. And I ended up driving away with about three boys. You know, at first it used to kill me because I thought the mount, the valley Somehow I'd fail God. Somehow God was upset at me. And then I f- figured out he must have been upset at all those people too then because every one of them went into their valleys. If you look at the Bible, well, you know what you find out? Through the Bible and through life, everybody must go through valleys or you will never have the opportunity to experience a mountaintop. You've got to have the valley. The wonderful thing is, is when, here's what I'm trying to do, is somehow we can learn from Scripture, and watch this, spiritually turn our valley into a spiritual mountaintop. You say, how's that? When you react the same way in the valley as you do on the mountaintop, when you praise God the same way in the valley as you do on the mountaintop, when you're still excited about serving God in the valley as you are in the mountaintop, God says, you know what? Hey, now we're going somewhere. I'm a, I want you just, the words will be up there. They'll sing the song to you. Go ahead. Life is easy. When you're up on the mountain And you've got peace of mind Like you've never known But things change 
when you're down in the valley. Don't lose faith, child. You are never alone. For the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. We talk of faith when we're up on the mountain, but talk comes easy when life's at its best. But it's down in the valley of trials and temptations. That's when faith is really put to the test. Sing it with us. For the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make and the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. Again, for the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, they will. He'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. And the God of the day is still God in the Faith. You know, it's uh, that, that song so so true. God of the mountain is still the God in the valley. The God of the day is still God in the night. I don't know what you face this week, and maybe this week has not been your valley. And I don't know that, uh, that what we think is a valley, just like the mountaintop goes higher and higher. We went through a period of about three years, it just seemed like the valley went lower and lower. Every time we were thinking we were in a valley, we went lower. But I can tell you this, and I, I'm going to use it tonight. It's something my wife has already used for the ladies, but I'm probably going to use it tonight. But I'm, I'm going to show you a video that to me speaks to this to about this. The God is still God. No matter what's happening, so now I don't care what's going on in your life, God's still God. And He's still there for you. He's still walking with you. He's still ordering your steps, even 
in the valley. You know, the greatest valley is when we don't know for sure going to heaven, and most all of you have heard this over and over, but if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you need to get that settled this morning. But for us that do know, we allow too often the valley to hurt us and bring us down in discouragement. And I'm going to tell you, that is possibly the devil's greatest tool, is discouragement. If I get hit at all at this stage of my Christian life, it's when I get a wave of discouragement. So I, I beg you, let's trust the God of the mountain who's still God in the valley. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Lord, I pray that we could just, again, maybe somebody would look back at the scripture again. These things, they're so clear, so evident, so such a blessing, Lord. The valley brings us to a point of submission. The valley brings us to our knees if we'll let it. The valley brings us to a worship of God. Please, Lord, I pray that you'd do that in our lives. I don't know what our people are going through. I know a little bit about some of them. I know some that are fighting illness and some are fighting surgeries and some are fighting recoveries. That It's just a long haul and it's, it, it's, a, it's tough. I know some are probably just continuously getting hit with financial issues. Lord, I know some, it's just, it's family. It's some, it's just the old devil just keeps beating them down in discouragement. Just about life. Lord, I pray you please bless this morning as we take time to just come, maybe in our valley, to trust you once more and to talk to you once more and depend on you once more. I'd ask for it all to stand. We'll have a short invitation as she plays. And again, if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, this will be the time to come or to raise your